Could Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Jalen Tolbert finish the finish the year as the number three receiver on this team? All that more this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, one of the players that we've talked about a lot this offseason is Jalen Tolbert. He's clearly one of the most improved receivers on this team. And I think a lot of people want to know, is there a chance that he finishes the year as the number three wide receiver on this team? Yeah, I mean, I think it's absolutely, you know, in the realm of possibilities. I mean, just look at the trajectory he's he's shown us so far this offseason. Like, he's he's gone from an, uh, a situation where, you know, we weren't sure he was going to make the team as, as the OTA started, just based on everything that had happened last year. Uh, and then, you know, goes into OTAs, shines bright like a star, goes into training camp, continues that, goes into the preseason, continues to continue that. And now we're marching towards the regular season. And not only has he kind of gotten a solid grip on wide receiver four, you know, Michael Gallup, even the other day in, in, yeah. in, in one of these interviews, mentioned that he felt like Tolbert was coming for his job. So, uh, you know, it, 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 the trajectory is, is certainly correct for that to be happening. If he continues to play with a level of confidence, uh, then I, I have no doubts that, that he has the ability to do that. But I will caution us that, you know, as, as positive as all these signs have been, there is still one more big step, and that's to play that way, to show what he's shown in the regular season. And, and I think that's going to be the ultimate test, right? If he can carry this over to the regular season, continue to kind of produce and be a, 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 a place where, where Dak wants to throw the football, uh, I, I think that there's a chance that even if he doesn't become wide receiver three, that he's getting opportunities and chances uh, to get on the field at a pace that's similar to Gallup's. Uh, and, and I think that that's you know, nothing but a positive. Story. So a couple of things really quickly. I want to talk about Tolbert before we talk about where he fits in. But I watched a video today of all of his targets in the preseason. And I, I mm-hmm. typically don't want to overreact to preseason production, all that kind of stuff, because it doesn't matter. But what one of my takeaways was from watching this video was the amount of different types of catches and plays that he's made in the preseason. Uh, we saw – uh, last week, he made a back shoulder catch down the sideline. Yeah. There was a play in the second quarter where he ran a comeback route, and Will Greer threw the ball really high. I'm talking like really, yeah. really high, yeah. and Tolbert went up and grabbed it uh, grabbed it out of the air. There was a slant pass that he kind of double-caught, which we talked about earlier yep. this week. Yep. Still impressive. There was the vertical route that he made uh, against Jacksonville in, in the first week of the preseason where he located the ball. Yes, he got called for pass interference, but just a, a phenomenal exactly. job there. Yep. He's doing everything, and he's making some ridiculously tough catches, and he's just doing everything so well right now that you do feel like everything is starting to come together for him a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, I, that's a great point. I think the versatility in which he's being used and which he can, you know, produce, he's not just, he hasn't just caught like 12 slant passes in 12 practices, or right? Screens like screens and yeah, like gimme throws. And that's the other thing too, is that it's not even just that. It's like, he's he's also lining up all over the place, right? He's he's, he's outside, he's inside. You know, he's really shown an, an ability to, to, to run the routes from the inside, which is, you know, great for a big another big guy like that. Uh, you know, similar to CeeDee Lamb kind of size that can run routes like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's all the things, right? It's 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 his route running on the inside. It's his route running on the outside. It's his blocking. It's his every single thing about his game uh, compared to last year is better. Yep. And it, it's uh, it's not like in one area that you've seen the improvement. It's it's his whole game that has been elevated, and that that's why I think that we're excited, right? Like if yes. he was just like a go route guy who was catching a, a ton of passes down the field. That would be great too, but it's like, okay, that's a role guy. But what we've seen from Jalen Tolbert is a very balanced, versatile wide receiver who, you know, is the kind of player that you usually see as, as a wide receiver that's in the rotation, that's getting snaps, that is a starter in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think he's a type of player that you feel comfortable going into a game being like, okay, we're going to get him seven targets and we can feel comfortable yeah. that he's going to catch five or six of them. And we can we can go to him in big situations compared to, I don't know, pick a, pick a deep threat receiver that you feel like, okay, we're going to try to scheme up one or two th- shots a game. And that's going to be his role. Like that's just not Jalen Tolbert. The, the, the name, the name I keep coming up with, Cedric Wilson, right? Yeah, like, like Wilson was that guy. Maybe not the special teams aspect of it, but as far as a down roster wide receiver that, in a big moment, you would have absolutely no qualms throwing the football to if you had to. That's what I think Jalen Tolbert is, is shooting well, for right now. Plus, I'll give you a great, great example of that. In 2021 against the Patriots, there was a at the end of the game there was a fourth and nine where the Cowboys needed to convert to go get the field goal to go to overtime. They ran an out route with Jalen Tolbert, and the ball was high. Or sorry, not with Jalen Tolbert, with Cedric Wilson. The yeah. ball was high, he, and he made the catch because CD wasn't open. Um, I, they just Amari, I don't think played in that game. I don't believe, but it was yeah, it was Cedric Wilson who made really the play of the game to keep the game going. I think that's going to be Jalen Tolbert's role is make some big catches whenever we're called on you, and then maybe we'll try to increase your role as the season goes on. One of the reasons, though, Landon, I'm a little bit hesitant to to say that he's going to pass Michael Gallup on the depth chart is I still think Gallup is the best receiver on this team at kind of vibing with Dak when things go wrong. Like when when, when he has to play out of structure, like Mm -hmm. it seems like Dak loves to go to Gallup and they just have a really good feel and chemistry together. Uh, We just haven't seen Tolbert and Dak play really at all together yet. Enough of that. Yeah, that's. I think that's ultimately the issue, right? Is that we just haven't seen them enough to know how well the scramble drill r- runs with Tolbert, right? Yeah. Uh, but I do think that he is similar to Gallup in that sense that he is. He's got a large catch radius. He's b- big, a physical player. He can go up and get the football. So I do think that once he kind of gains that chemistry out of structure with Dak, he will be similar to Gallup in that sense of. Yep. Hey, I know I know where I need to go. I know how to kind of find a soft spot, and I know how to use my athletic ability to uh, make sure that you know it, uh, a fast pass or an errant yep. pass that's being made while escaping pressure uh, that I can get a hold of it and, and reel it in, and make sure it's a completion. I, I do wonder if ultimately the Cowboys aren't going to just kind of I don't want to say get rid of number one, number two, number three, number four, but just kind of spread the snaps out a little bit more evenly, especially with like somebody like Gallup who has an injury history. Brandon Cooks, who's getting a little bit older. I think he turns 30 at some point in the year. Rather than just 
hey, these are our three receivers and 11 personnel. It's, hey, you're going to take this series or you're going to take these four snaps and then we're going to take you out to make sure that somebody stays fresh. I think that's probably the best outcome for all the receivers involved. It's just, just to use more of them. Yeah, I, I do too, simply because I think it helps stabilize your passing game, right? If, if, you don't, if you're not overly reliant on one target who, you know, even the best receivers can have bad days. Sure. So, you know, it's good to have a, a variety. You know, with this case, you've got like now six guys that you feel comfortable kind of running your offense through, all top four wide receivers if you had to, the tight end and a running back, you know? so Well, and uh, Turpin's had a nice camp as well as a number five receiver. Yeah. And so I, I think that, you know, you, you look at that and, and what that provides you is week to week stability. If Cooks is injured or if someone's just not having a good game or, or you know, somebody's a little like not even injured, but just a little banged up, yeah, you know, banged up maybe, and, and, maybe there's somebody just needs a, you know, they need a 10 minute break to whatever. Like it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it just, yeah. You need exactly. a breather and you're running a hurry up offense and you feel comfortable. Hey, if Cooks is on the sideline, this drive, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, there's 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 plenty of snaps to go around, and 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 if anything, we're not you know we're looking for long term stability and having more of these guys uh, uh, available to you and using them, not just like you know having him stashed away for when someone gets injured, but like using him throughout the season so he's ready when his time gets called, or to kind of like you said, just sort of spread out the wear and tear on some of these older guys, you know, throughout the season, just yeah. a little so it stretches a little bit better. Uh, I just think it provides a level of stability in, in you know, obviously what is the most important aspect of of any team, which is the the passing, you know, uh, offense. So uh, that's that's the really the biggest benefit is that you're not gonna be kind of constantly holding your breath. That oh, what happens if Cooks gets injured? What happens if Gallup gets injured? You know, what 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 do we do? We've got solutions that you know the next man actually can step up and and be a productive receiver. It doesn't feel like a house of cards if yeah. one player gets injured the way it has previously in the past. Now, obviously, if CD goes down, I think that's a little bit of a different story. But if Gallup were to miss two games with something relatively minor, it feels like you're going to be okay. And maybe this will even give the Cowboys a little bit more opportunities to rest guys in the season where yeah. maybe in previous years, they would push players to play through some of the injuries. I think there's just so many benefits now that Jalen Tolbert is really stepping up in practice and in the preseason. Landon, let's get to some more Twitter questions, including one about a Tony Pollard update next. This episode is brought to you by game time, buying tickets to your favorite events, Shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you will have. I've already been looking at tickets for Bills Cowboys. I was looking at one for maybe Bills Raiders early in the season. So check, get on the app. Check it out. They have absolutely fantastic deals. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect before you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. The tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email to find them. I know that's always a pain. I, I love that they're right to your phone. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Term supply again, create an account, use promo code locked on NFL for $20 off. Just download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. Every day on tomorrow's show, we're going to get you ready for the Cowboys' final preseason game against the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders. Excuse me. Make sure you guys tune in for that. But, Lena, let's get to some more Twitter questions. We've got a bunch of good ones. This one comes from Evan. He wants to know, I haven't really heard any updates about Tony Pollard since camp has started. Uh, is he practicing, and how does he look? Yeah, I think this is a situation similar to Tyrant, right? Where he's 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 in there, he hasn't missed any time, but they are just generally, you know, holding him back a lot. And and, and obviously Pollard's a situation where he's coming off of an injury and that's why they're they're kind of holding him back. But when he's been out there, he's looked good. Like he's looked bursty, he's looked like Tony Pollard. You've seen a a, a bunch of different times when he's gotten carries that he's, you know, slicing and dicing through through uh the the line and, and getting big carries. Again, Running back is tough, right? Because it, you know a training camp, especially, no one's being taken to the ground, right? And so it's hard. Like every run looks like a big run, you know, in training sure. camp, right? You have to kind of parse like when was the first touch and and that sort of yeah. thing, right? So, um, and and then again on top of that, you know, he he's got he's not had any snaps in a preseason game. He's not going to take any snaps in a preseason no, game, no I imagine. Reason. So I, I can understand the the kind of thought process of is he? You know, we haven't heard anything. We haven't seen anything. He's out there. He's he's practicing. I wouldn't. I haven't seen anything for me to expect anything other than normal Tony Pollard at this point. Yep. Um, but I, I think at this point, uh, to be completely honest, I haven't seen him enough to know if there was like a severe drop down. I I mean, I don't see a drop. I mean, I still see a guy who's destroying angles at times, even if they're not you know taking him to the ground. Uh, so I I haven't had. I haven't. Let's put it this way. I haven't at one point like stopped and thought, is Tony Pollard going to be okay? Like it, it, it seems like he's fine and that they are just kind of being just very judicious him. about, about yeah. how he's getting snaps. As they should. They still have you know, a yeah. little bit over two weeks until the first game of the year. They also want him to be fresh by the end of the year. Yeah. So there's no reason to give him all these extra snaps in practice in the preseason and wear him down at all. Um, I would expect that the Cowboys would probably be – you know, a little hesitant to give him 20-plus touches right away in the season, but that doesn't mean he's not going to get 17 touches. Like, I still think he's going to get absolutely fed early in the year. But, again, I, just to kind of reiter- reiterate what you said, I, I, I don't see anything to be worried about here at all. I, I think, if anything, it's, you know, he's worked really hard in the offseason to get back and get healthy. You know, this might be a good time for him to, to you know, one thing that happens with some of these folks when they rush back from injury is that they're exhausted. You yeah. know, they worked so hard in the off season to recover from the injury that by the time the regular season comes, they never got a break. They never got like a, an opportunity to kind of take Relax the foot off the gas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, and I think a lot of what happened to Gallup last year is that, right? Like he worked so hard to get back. Uh, and then on top of that was just not a hundred percent sure that he was healthy, you know, and, and mentally not sure. Uh, and I think it, it really had a toll on him. And I, I think that that's some, one of the things that they can try to avoid here by look, you're here, you cleared your past, uh, you, you passed your physical, you're, you're clearly, you know, uh, healthy enough to play. We're still going to be judicious, not to, obviously to not to incur another injury, but also yeah. just to kind of give your body a second before we're about to really, you know, light it up like a christmas tree with touches right so uh and and on top of that i'll just throw in one more thing 
they needed this time to sort out the running backs beneath. Oh, this has been fantastic, right? Yeah, and, and getting the opportunity idea. for these young guys is is like not only great for their growth, but great for the evaluation for the Cowboys to figure out exactly how they want to assemble the rest of the running back room around Tony Pollard. Which, by the way, I think they figured it out. I Honestly, I mean, we got another preseason game left. We still have two weeks of practices. We've got a week and a half or so until cut down days. I mean, again, we've been talking about this all year, but I don't think the Cowboys are going to have a defined number two and number three running back. I think they've got roles, right? I think yep. Deuce Vaughn is going to be, for the lack of a better term, like your space back, right? Somebody who gives you a little bit of quickness, can do stuff in the receiving game. And I think it's going to be Rico Dowdle, who is your between-the-tackles, grinded-out, hard-yards, uh, who gives you a little bit more size and explosion. I think those are going to be the three running backs on your team. Yeah, I agree. And and I think that it 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 sorted itself out pretty quickly once we, you know, kind of got into the games and saw everything sort out. Uh I and I think it was beneficial to to again give Pollard a break, but also give Dowdle and Davis both opportunities to work with the ones and Vaughn, obviously, eventually as well. Uh so you could kind of see what you had in that group and, and see yep. what, you know, how the roles could sort out. So I, I'm I'm excited about the the Cowboys running back room. I, I think it's uh it's actually gonna be a strength that, that a lot of teams aren't expe- a lot of people aren't expecting. Uh, yeah. and, and I think they've got some good players in there. And, and I'm really excited to see them in the third week of the preseason because I, as much as I think Dowdle has that job locked up, I think if he has a really bad game and he fumbles or he can't pass protect, maybe it opens the door for somebody like Malik Davis or maybe it opens the door for another free agent running back that's going to get caught in a week to potentially maybe. come in yeah. and steal that job. So I think all three of those guys still need to have good uh, – good performances in week three to kind of stabilize their spot on the team. We've got another question from Evan that I want to get to. He said, Jerry Jones said yesterday that they're working on an extension for right tackle Terrence Steele. What do you expect that contract to look like? Yeah. Marcus and I were talking about this before the show and you know, it's interesting because the market's just very interesting right now for tackles. Right. Uh, And, and, and frankly, do you you want to go over that list that we kind of, yeah. So we had, we had several right tackles this year hit free agency. Uh, Jay Juan Taylor left from Jacksonville to Kansas city. He got 20 million a year. Uh, We had Titus Howard, a first round pick for the Texans a couple years ago. He got 18 and a half million a year. Mike McGlinchey left the 49ers to go to the Broncos he got $17.5 million a year. Caleb McGarry, who was with the Falcons, still was with the Falcons, a former first-round pick, got $11.5 million a year. And then you get past those group, and it's like a bunch of swing tackles like Andrew Wiley, who's 29 years old, got $8 million a year. Trey Pipkins gets $7.5 million a year. And then it really drops off to Riley Reef at five million. Yeah. So that's kind of the range that we're looking at for the right tackles. It's an interesting, interesting group, right? And I, I tend to think he he fits well above Caleb McGarry, uh, but maybe beneath Titus Howard, right? Like somewhere in that eleven to seventeen range, right? Yeah. Probably closer to Titus. So I'm I'm guessing you know, like 15 million. I think you, you, you kind of came up with a number lower than that. But. I think it's going to be, if I had to guess, I think it would be like a 13 and a half million dollar range because I, he doesn't have like the pro bowls and all the stuff in the first run draft capital that Titus Howard and Mike McGlinchey have. He also doesn't have as many starts as those yeah, guys, because, sure. you know, he started as a, as a rookie didn't start a ton. I mean, he started a lot of games in 2021 because Lyle <laughs> Collins was out. Um, but kind of on and off against starter played well last year, but got hurt. So the sample size is still pretty small. And remember in 2021, he, he struggled. He was an undrafted 
free agent right bad. tackle that yeah. struggled. 2021 yeah. was better. 2022 was the best season to date. I, I'm betting they give him a lot of money up front that maybe yeah. because he has he really hasn't made any money being an undrafted yeah. free agent. Yeah. But the, the overall year I bet is a little bit lower just because I I just don't think he's got the same pedigree as some of those other guys ahead of him. Yeah, I, and I was talking to you too. I I feel like these undrafted guys who hit it big, it's really weird to watch them negotiate contracts. Like I feel like it's a little bit more boilerplate when it's a first round pick negotiating a oh, second so contract. Easy, yeah. I mean, the money the money may be higher, but the the actual like you know slotting into how much you should get paid is pretty straightforward. I think when you get an undrafted free, I mean, honestly, it's like Dak in some ways, right? Yep. We, we talk about a fourth round pick who's a franchise quarterback. It's just not an angle that gets done very well. Yeah. I mean, so it's it's hard. You know, the two sides are going to have very different ideas of what is they are supposed to be paid. Same thing here. You're, you're talking about a money five position that is an undrafted free agent is coming in and expecting, you know, Pro Bowl money, you know, which I think is, kind yeah. of fair you saw him play at that level it's fair for him to ask that for that i would say so i think that's what's going to be interesting is that maybe he you know is he going to be like that and say oh i haven't earned enough money i'm, I'm trying to overreach for my contract or is he going to be like hey i haven't earned any money I, i'll yeah. be happy to get some money just give me some money and then i'll, I'll yeah. give you some of these years so that'll be interesting to see how that sorts out it, it's just so weird because of the top 11 right tackles that are being paid right now I believe 10 of the 11 were all drafted inside the top 45 yeah. picks. See, so go. it's one of those positions like where the draft capital ends up mattering. And I just wonder when they yeah. get to the negotiation table, it's like, Hey, you, you're not as valued as some of these guys. Let's, let's pay you in the Rob Havenstein range or the Chuck's a for with Pittsburgh or Trey Pipkins, who was a late round pick. Like, I just wonder if that's where he's going to end up, but this, that's what I, I don't have a great feel on to be honest. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, honestly, because it's just it's another uh, data point in this kind of very unique situation of undrafted players at money five positions that are going for big contracts and how much money they ask for in relation to their peers. Right. Yeah. Landon, I want to talk about a player that the Cowboys might try to stash in the practice squad that I'm not so sure they're going to be able to get through. We'll get to that next. All right, Landon, our final question here is from at NFL Hacked. I love the Twitter account. Uh, he said, easier to sneak on the practice squad, Jalen Brooks, Eric Scott, or Isaiah Land? Well, I was telling you before the show, I don't think Jalen Brooks is a stash. I think Jalen Brooks has made the team. Look, I, I, I'll give you the two cents on that real quick. If Jalen Brooks hasn't made the team, I don't know how you make the team as an undrafted free agent wide receiver. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, he's done, he's, he's had as good well, as he's a seventh round pick, but it's basically, the I same mean, Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's essentially the same thing. Right. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I think he makes the team. Eric Scott and uh, Isaiah land are very difficult, right? Like Scott, even more For so different reasons game. though. Yeah. Right. Well, Scott, I mean, Scott's really tough because he was a draft pick and the Cowboys traded up for him. So he's on people's, targets like you know what yeah. i'm saying like well he was at the shrine game right like it's not like he's a complete unknown yeah and, and 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 again like we've talked about this before the cowboys are known to be one of the teams that have one of the deepest defensive backfield rosters so if you're looking for defensive backs 
you're look you're you're watching Dallas very closely. So well, and I and I also wonder with the way that it happened last year, where they cut John Ridge away, thinking that they could get him on the fifty-three man roster, and he got claimed right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if the Cowboys are going to be a little bit more hesitant to give up I mean, on a fifth round pick. Maybe right, like uh, and uh, and honestly, I think we can make the exact same argument for uh, for Land, except for the fact that he wasn't a draft pick. But I, I, you know, he wasn't a draft pick, but he got so much guaranteed money as an undrafted free agent. He might as well have been a draft pick. And he right? was a Senior Bowl guy that played really and, well at the Senior Bowl. And a guy that is at a position that the Cowboys are known to have an incredible amount of depth at, uh, and has been hyped up a lot throughout training camp. So. I think that both of them are going to be very difficult to try to sneak on, to be honest. And I, I think that it's the answer to the question is Scott, I think, because of the fact that he was a, a draft pick, because he got traded up for. Um, but I, I don't know that it's by much. You know, I think that Land is definitely, I think the Cowboys have done themselves a favor by trying to use Land as a linebacker in the first part of, of, of training camp practices yeah. so that they weren't kind of necessarily showing his password prowess but honestly all teams need to do is turn on the, the game tape yep. the last two game tapes and they see isaiah land kicking the crap out of every third string offensive tackle that he's faced basically i'm gonna predict that between land and scott one of those two players is gonna get the cowboy cough and be on the ir mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're just gonna get stashed there for a year but <laughs> i think I think Scott has a better chance to make it to your practice squad because I don't think he's played particularly well in the preseason where Isaiah land has. And listen, I know you can say whatever you want about pro football focus, but when you have, when you have 37 players cut from every team, one of the first things that these teams are going to do is they're going to use a site like pro football focus or whatever they have to go see, okay, who are the highest graded players from the preseason that got cut? Isaiah land has, I think he's got the most pressures of any player in the preseason. There's going to be a team out there. Just, just, Hey, we'll, we'll sign him. Let's see what he looks like for four weeks. And if it doesn't work, we'll move on. I, I don't know if the Cowboys have room to keep Isaiah land on the 53 man roster, but man, it's going to be awfully hard to cut him. Well, I, I think, you know, maybe a show that we need to have in the near future, maybe next week we could talk about it is, uh, players that are eligible for funny roster machinations, right? Because I think that's the way you do it is that you, you carry land and then you cut Jonathan Hankins with a deal that, Hey, Hankins, you're a vested vet. We'll maybe sign you on the other side of things. I don't know if Hankins, I'm just throwing Hankins, name out there, but that sort of, I I know anger is one of those guys, right? Or or actually anger is on the two year deal, but like, you know, that sort of situation, right? I I don't know if it really matters because they did it last year. They did it last year with the long snapper. Like they're going to probably do some funny. I, I wouldn't even be surprised like Will Greer. Right. Yeah. I think Greer's, Greer. Greer's definitely. Uh, I, well, actually, I think I, I looked that one up. Actually, I don't think that Greer's actually accrued four seasons yet because it's got to be a vested bet. So, okay. What about Cooper Rush? Yeah. Rush would be one. I think, you know, any, uh, 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 what's his name? 29, the, the special teams. He's good. He's good, a good one. Oh, he's going to be on the roster. I'm, yeah, I'm but, just telling. But, but I, but I, but I think he could be one of those guys who gets cut and then, you know what I'm saying? And well, then, I think it's going to be one of those up. things like they cut CJ Goodwin and then they, the next day they put, uh, you know, yeah. Mario Overshawn, uh, yeah. Overshawn on the, on the IR. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then they sign him back. I think that's exactly. exactly what will happen with some of these guys. Right. Is Overshawn. Like, I got to make sure I say that right. Overshawn. I know. Overshawn. Overshawn. I, 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 Overshawn uh, is what I, keep I don't. Saying too. Uh, so I, I think you're going to see some funny things like that yeah. happen because this is what the Cowboys do. They, they, yeah. it's not very often that they lose a player 
um, that they want to keep. Ridgeway was one of them last he year. He was the did. exception to the rule, really. Yeah. I mean, I mean, most of the times these guys, and we talk about all the time, most of the time these guys make it to the practice squad when you when you try to do it. Well, and, and a lot of these players, if you take Isaiah Land, right? The Cowboys gave him a big, uh, you know, guaranteed bonus as an undrafted free agent. He knows yeah. this defense. He can maybe, yeah. if he has a little bit of foresight here, he can see, okay, Dante Fowler's on a one-year deal. Dorrance Armstrong has a year left. If I just stick around for a little bit on this practice squad, I could potentially have a shot next year rather than I'm going to go ahead and go to a totally different situation with a totally different depth chart. And it's not bad to live in Dallas with no state income tax rather than going out and living in your beautiful state. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, we're, we're not going to talk about the, uh, the, that here today, but yes, I do think that, uh, that, you know, land. That, that's got to matter though, right? Like if yeah, you're an absolutely. undrafted free agent, why, if you're and you're making, what is it like 16,000 a week or something like that? Why would you want to go to the Los Angeles Rams and all of a sudden get that cut in half, you know, rather than yeah, just stay in Dallas? I also think that when you stay with the team that originally takes you, like you'll have more leeway. You know, like like if you just get claimed by the Rams randomly and you have like four day, bad days of practice, there's no one there keeping you. Like, you know what I'm no. saying? They'll cut you right automatically. But if you were take brought in as an undrafted free agent, that means that one of these coaches had to had to like yeah. work hard for you, had to like recruit you, it had to bring you in. They've been teaching you for all these weeks. I think a lot of times that's why they teams like these guys end up staying with the teams that were with them is because. They know that those teams are committed to them in, in, in a sure. way that some of these other teams, even if they're not offering them a roster spot right now, they feel like their best chance for their future career yep. is with the team that brought them in. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, every day, we'll be back tomorrow to preview the Cowboys week three preseason game against the Las Vegas Raiders. So make sure you tune in for that. Go check out our show on YouTube. We are free and available on all platforms. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you next time.